Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 540 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today we got a very special post-game crossover edition with Locked On Ottawa Senators. The uh, Rangers, of course, defeated the Senators 2-1 to in a hard-fought game last night, Sunday night. I'm going to be joined in just a second here by Ross Levitin and Brandon Piller of Locked On Ottawa Senators. They actually do a uh, live post-game show on YouTube after uh, all of the Senators' games, and I was fortunate enough to get to join them on their show last night, and then we recorded this episode. But I'll leave a link to their live show uh, in the episode description for this. But for right now, go ahead and enjoy part one. This ended up being a two-parter because we talked for quite a while just about uh, the game itself and basically everything going on with the New York Rangers and Ottawa Senators. It's a great time talking to those guys. We'll definitely do a crossover with them in the future. But for right now, yes, part one of our conversation with Ross Levitin and Brandon Piller of Locked On Ottawa Senators. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, New York Ranger fans and Ottawa Center fans. We've got a very special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Ross Levitin and Brandon Piller of Locked On Ottawa Centers. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Oh, we're doing all right. We just saw a 2-1 loss if you're an Ottawa Senators fan listening to this. But, hey, credit to the Rangers. They came to play tonight. Their power play clicked. That was the game winner. And, hey, it was an entertaining, hard-fought game in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it was just definitely kind of like a grinded out kind of a game here tonight. And I think one thing that was kind of encouraging, you know, I know the Senators got off to a one nothing lead in this game. They scored an early goal, you know, Tim Stutzlow with the snipe there. But uh, the Raiders have really been struggling out of the starting blocks recently. And so to me, it was nice to see them just play a strong first period for a change. Uh, that was uh, pretty nice. And, uh, you know, ultimately get the game tied there before the, the first intermission there. Yeah, and it was a it was a good game, like back and forth, like a lot of momentum changes. I thought the Sens did a really good job of playing a hard-working game. They checked hard on the Rangers' four checkers. They didn't give them too many opportunities, even strength. Like, And when they did, Philip Gustafson, uh, Sens goaltender, it was the, his first game back in quite some time to the NHL, and I thought he stood tall, especially... Look, we love Zibanejad, but the last thing we want to see him do is score on the Sens, uh, especially He's at home. He's done that enough. Yeah, we're yeah, still yeah, a little bitter has. about that trade, if you can't tell, John. But he was able to stop Zibanejad on a couple one-timers and really played a solid game. It's just when you're up against Igor Shosturkin, likely you're going to lose that goaltender duel. Yeah, and, and John, maybe uh, less interesting if you're a Rangers fan, but for us, it's kind of funny to hear... Philip Gustafson stops Mika Zibanejad because he was the return when we traded Derek Broussard. Well, obviously we got him from the Rangers. Then we flipped into Pittsburgh and Gustafson four years ago was that guy. So he's kind of doubt, dubbed the goalie of the future in Ottawa. He started this year. Great. Won two of his first three starts, but then he's only got one win since John. And that's in a span of nine games. So it was nice to see him play well, at least tonight, sorry, 10 games if we're adding tonight, but still just the one win during that span. And that was their the Sens' only win in November, in 11 games in November. That was a tough stretch there. But, hey, there were a lot to, of building blocks. If you're a Senators fan in this one, you can say, hey, that's a team that we think could make a run this year. If you're, if you're looking from the outside in on the New York Rangers, I thought they stood with them each way. And then, and we're not using injuries as an excuse, but you look at the power play that the Sens got towards the end of the game. That's where a good team gives up a power play goal. And then they get one back and then you'd be battling it out that way. 
onto a second power play unit. I bet you if I named all five guys, your listeners would know like maybe one of them. These these are guys who probably shouldn't be on NHL power play units. The Sens are without their number one defenseman, their number one center, their top goal scorer and top point scorer, Drake Batherson, John, or, uh, sorry, Josh Norris, Amish Shabbat, and then they're starting goalie now, Matt Murray, which doesn't do anything on the power play. But without those guys, everyone else has to move up a notch. And yeah, their first power play unit's still okay, but once they don't score in the first minute, you can pretty much kiss the other half of the power play goodbye in that one. So it's unfortunate, but again, no excuses. The Rangers got it done when it mattered, and Panarin's goal to win it was an absolute rocket. Like I don't think I don't think there's many goalies in the league that are going to stop that one. Yeah, you know, you touched on the uh, Sabanajad trade, you know, a couple minutes ago there, and uh, not to rub salt in the wound or anything like that, but I'm just curious, like when that trade was initially made, and it was. Uh, Zabanjit for Broussard straight up. And no, was, and we gave up a second. Yes. Oh. Like, yeah, there was a pick in there. Yeah, yeah. You know why? That's so that the Rangers would pay Broussard's signing bonus. There it is. But um, yeah, I mean, looking back at it, when, when the Raiders first did it, it was one of those moves where I didn't love it. I was a huge Derek Broussard fan. I mean, he was my favorite player on the team. Uh, he was a big part of the reason why they made it to the finals back in 2014. But it's one of those trades, even though I didn't love it, I definitely understood it because you know, Mika Zibanejad's 23 at the time. I think he was a top five draft pick back in the day. And obviously there's tremendous upside there. But what about your perspective? Like, were you guys like, oh God, why are we doing this? Or did the trade make sense at the time, at least? I mean, just kind of give me a feel for that if you can. Yeah, just quickly, I'm sure Pilsy will build off of this, but he was inconsistent with Ottawa, but you could see the talent. You could see the physical maturity of him, even at a young age. He came in and had his nine games, you know, where you don't burn a year. And then he went back over and played in Jurgarden to finish up his Swedish career. And then when he came back, he was just like, some nights he was unbelievable. It was an all Swedish line with Daniel Alfredson and Jacob Silverberg in that shortened 2012-2013 season. And he ends up scoring a big goal in the playoffs that year. Ottawa beat Montreal. And you're like, okay, I can see them building around this guy a little bit more. And then the next year, Jason Spezza gets dealt at the trade deadline. So, or sorry, in the offseason. So then he's the number one center on this team. And it was a lot of pressure, I think, at a young age for him at 22 years old to be all that. And Kyle Turris was kind of a 1A, 1B type guy, never really the guy. So I think they wanted to, to get someone who's a little more proven in the playoffs. And I think that when you're looking at something that Dorian targets time and time again, and Pilsy can speak to this, they love hometown talent. And Derek Broussard's an Ottawa guy, and I don't think they could resist that. Now, right after the trade was made, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, okay, I know Mika needs a new contract after next year. Maybe they don't want to pay it, right? Carlson needs his money too. And, and then all of a sudden, the next year, Broussard goes out and gets like 40-some points. He's a real good player in his first year with Ottawa. And then they beat the Rangers in the playoffs, and Broussard outplayed Zibanejad that first year. So you're feeling good? And then since then, it's been a complete one-sided trade, no doubt. Now, I thought Ottawa was actually good in recouping the value they did for Derek Broussard. Uh, when they did they got not only Gustafson who was a second round pick but they got a first round pick in that trade as well and Ian Cole which they flipped to a third right away so a first a third and a goalie prospect I thought they did all right clearly Broussard's values dipped tremendously since that point so I thought they recouped a bit but of course the bandage man he's a premier player in the NHL absolutely and uh you know, I figure we'll uh, we'll keep talking about the Rangers and the Senators. We'll break down this game in just a second. But first, let's let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Ottawa Senators is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. 
Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOX15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOX15 for 15% off at built.com. And uh, fellas, while we're on the subject, do you guys have a favorite Built Bar flavor? Oh man, I have so many favorite Built Bar <laughs> flavors. Uh, definitely. I think the anything with coconut, I think they really do really well. Like the coconut brownie chunk, yes. which was a limited time one. I think that's one of the greatest flavors of all time. Like getting real brownie chunks on a protein bar and still being healthy. Like you said, I don't know how they do it, but it's delicious. I'm a salted caramel guy, but John, oh, yeah. we always recommend our listeners get the milk mixed box of Built Bars because why yes. wouldn't you just try them all and then decide yeah. which one you want as your favorite Built Bar? What about you? What's your go-to, John? I mean, lately, anything with brownie, first of all, but I got a box of coconut brownie right over there. So yes. uh, yeah, they're, they're really good, man. And, you know, I don't know how long they're going to be around. So uh, stock <laughs> up on them right now if you can. But, For uh, sure. Yeah, you know, I figure we'll turn our attention back to hockey here. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, the Senators, you know, something that I heard uh, the MSG broadcast mentioned, they're playing their sixth game in their last nine days, obviously, you know, some makeup games in there. But, I mean, how are they holding up? I mean, do you guys almost have to, like, grade them on a little bit of a curve given that? I mean, that's a grind, man, six games in nine days. You, it's an, how about the, the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> that's gritty for us. We do a postcast after each and every game on our YouTube page, and then obviously – just like Locked On Ranger, you can find us five days a week, Monday through Friday. But no, it's fair enough. And Pilsy, you take this one. Just of how much of a grind it's been really since December 1st. I mean, they, they had the break, but December 1st to the 18th was crazy. Then they shut down and played one game in like 20 days. And since then, it's it's every other night and then so. It's been a grind and up against good teams. Like they just played Boston. They just played St. Louis. They just played the Washington Capitals. Like the there's Penguins, a lot the of hurricanes. The, yeah. Like you could go on and on and on. So there's a lot of good teams here. And the thing is too, I know we've talked about it, but all these injuries, they cause a lot of guys to have to elevate their game. Like Eric Brandstrom, one of uh, the most important investments that this team has he hasn't really had a big chance to play big NHL minutes. He just hit a career high of 27 minutes the other night, three minutes more than his previous career <laughs> high nice time. So guys that are not quite ready to be put in positions are being forced to. And you know what? When you're a team like the Senators, you're not looking at playoffs here. Really, the key is development. So, yes, it's it's tough that there's all these injuries, but it's giving a guys an open door to have these opportunities and to have no excuses like Eric Branstrom. You wanted time in the top four. You wanted to quarterback a top power play. Well, here's your chance. And although the Senators, they may not be winning as many games as we would hope, they're not getting blown out either. Like you mentioned, uh, we did a postcast. Check it out at Locked On Senators. We do it after every game. And you mentioned that the Sens are hardworking. And they really are. Sure, they're not going to out-talent a team like the New York Rangers, but they might outwork them. 
And John, how about this? Like when you hear the Senators and you just look at them in the standings, they're they're like 26. And I, I mentioned just in passing, one win in November. You know how tough that is? One win in an entire month. They had yeah. co- they they were the COVID guinea pigs, them and the New York Islanders, where how far can we go before we postpone games? And the Senators got to 11 players before they postponed a game out of the lineup. And at that point, like you may as well be watching Belleville play in the minors at that point. But yeah. since we started the postcast on December 1st, they lost that game too, coming off their awful November. The Sens are 14 11 and four that's a that's an above 500 team and they still have without their number one center but he says opportunity what does that do it allows tim stutzla who just played his 100th game on saturday to move over and play center and things like that are what's making this season worthwhile long term for the senators he would have been stuck on the wing they, they really like the guys they had down the middle if healthy, Shane Pinto and Colin White, two guys they had pegged in the middle. And then they go down and then Josh Norris goes down. They're like, oh, Frig, maybe we'll see what this kid can do there. And Stutzel has been a completely different player with the puck on his stick more through neutral ice. And it's given him the confidence. Saw a little dipsy doodle on Panarin there in the offensive zone. He wouldn't have done that two months ago. But you're starting to see this extra layer of confidence. And that's what this end of the season is all about. You've seen it with the Rangers. They just went through a rebuild. I'd say they're about a year and a half and a superstar away yeah, the from where the superstar is the big are. piece there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I mean, having a guy who only and wants a Norris to play trophy there. winning defenseman. Yeah, like, who won't actually, play anywhere a else. Pieces. Hey, yeah. <laughs> what, what was your reaction? I laughed so hard when Adam Fox is like, oh, I always dreamed of playing for the Rangers. What do you think Flames and Hurricanes fans were thinking when they saw that quote? They're like, oh, yeah, we know. We tried really hard to make you play for us. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is what it is, man. He, he wound up there one way or the other. And uh, yeah. it's, it still blows my mind that this guy was traded twice before he ever played a single shift yeah. in the NHL. And even yeah. the Rangers, I mean, they only had to give up two second-round draft picks. I mean, they're high draft picks, sure, but I would do that a thousand They had all the leverage, right? Like, yeah, teams like Calgary and Carolina were like, we have you, please play for us. He's like, no, <laughs> I'm, good. I'm not going to do it. So the, the New York Rangers know they've got a lot of leverage there, which must be nice to be a fan of a team with a lot of trade leverage. Wow, I'm jealous, John. We are holding on to our very hope. Just like the Rangers got Panarin, all, he wanted to play in New York. Not a whole lot of people want to play in Ottawa, but there's a hometown kid who might end up on the Rangers. You said they wanted a right winger, but we have all our chips in that Claude Giroux will sign this offseason to come home and lead this team, hopefully. But of course, that's a bit of a pipe dream. But that's the kind of move that the Senators have to make this offseason to go to that next level. Otherwise, they're just going to be that young and scrappy team forever until they're not, right? You need that next step type player. And they've got the pieces in place. Like you saw Brady Kachuk in the battle tonight. All he's the perfect kind of leader for this team. You have some skill pieces, but they don't have that game breaker like Panarin, who gets two points tonight and the Rangers win two one. Like that and Shusterk and your goaltender, like that's the difference in this game. Yeah, sooner or later you need a guy like that that can really kind of carry the team offensively when it needs to be carried offensively. And um you know, you mentioned Giroux there. I, I think that could make some sense. As you mentioned, he's got some ties to the area. Um, but, you know, it's funny watching these games. And I said the same thing when the Rangers were playing the Red Wings the other night. Red Wings and Senators, two very young, uh, rebuilding kind of teams. It almost feels like watching these games that the Rangers are, like, playing a version of themselves from, like, mm-hmm. two years ago. When they were a super young team. And they've got all these rookies. And, okay, who's going to play with who on what line? And 
you know, is this guy ready for the NHL? Does he need some season in the AHL? You're just kind of trying to figure it out. And, you know, some, some guys are playing at the age of 20 when, you know, should he be here? Should he be in the AHL on a little trial by fire? And I think that's kind of what the senators are going through right now, man. But if they stay the course and, and as you guys are both saying, if, if they can add a big piece or two in the off season, and we talked about this on your live stream too. I look at my standings board that I got over here and I look at the eight teams that are in the playoffs right now in the Eastern conference. I feel like the senators next year have as good of, or better of a chance of anybody of, uh, of taking a playoff. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to compare and contrast them to the Detroit Red Wings. Ottawa hasn't played them since 2020, since before the pandemic. Like that's how long it's been. And they've got a back to back against them to start April. So that's a team that I love that comparison. You said they just played them. If you're the Rangers, like I'm curious to see those two teams match up against one another. Yeah, it'd be an interesting matchup for sure. I mean, the Rangers keep me busy enough, but honestly, if those two teams are playing each other, you know, <laughs> send me a message on Twitter. So I'm curious to see, you know, how that one would go because I definitely see some parallels between those two teams. I want to ask you about one of uh, my favorite prospects. Obviously, Pilsy and I dissected the 2020 draft about as deep as you can when Ottawa had three first-rounders, including third and fifth. You know better than anyone because not only did the Rangers have first overall, they had a couple later ones. This Braden Schneider kid, he's got to be an untouchable in trade talks because that kid just looks like a steady Eddie defenseman back there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the things I can remember going into the draft that year, you know, you're, you know, they're going to take Lafreniere number one. um, And and then you're looking at, you know, who's going to be available. You know, where were they like 17th, 18th, something like that, that year. Yeah. Yeah, It was mid teens. They actually traded up and they got one spot ahead of the devils. Who ended up taking a defenseman? Now I don't know if they would have taken Schneider or not, but that's Shakir Mukamadulin, one of the funniest yes. names in the draft. There it sure. is. There it is. I wasn't <laughs> even going to try that, but but, <laughs> but man, but no, this kid's I mean, already they, playing they, they, games on a competitive team as a twenty-year-old defenseman. Like that's got to be saluted. Yeah, and one of the things that I remember going into that draft is you know there are players in this draft that have a higher ceiling than Braden Schneider, but he might have a safer floor than anybody. Like the thing that I kept reading about him was that. You know, th- there's no way that this guy shouldn't end up becoming like a top four defense on an, on an NHL team at the very least. And, you know, you know, he's got that, you know, he's big, you know, he'll hit uh, that old school, you know, grit and snarl, whatever you want to call it. That All you have to say is he's fun. from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. I mean, that tells yeah. you this yeah, is man. what he's about. That's it. That's it, man. But, yeah, <laughs> no, I've, I've been tremendously impressed. And he's got some offense to his game, too. You saw he had the primary helper on the, uh, yep. the strong goal early in that game. And. Uh, that was Strong's first goal in, uh, in uh, I think, nine games is what they said. So, yeah, man, I- I'm loving what I'm seeing from Braden Schneider. I think he's here to stay. He's never going back to the AHL. There's no way. So who would be your guy to use in trade talks if it's not Braden Schneider, right? Zach Jones is right there. Niels Lundqvist as well. Like There's Libor Hayek, I think, probably has a little lesser value than those three yeah. guys. But y- you seem to be dealing from a position of strength if you're going to move a young defenseman to go get that forward. I agree. Um, I, I would also, he's not a defenseman, obviously, but I would throw Vitaly Krafts off in there right. because him and the Rangers have had a chilly relationship. And I mean, I don't know if, if they can fix that or, you know, if, if the way he's acted has hurt his trade value. I'm sure it has at least to some degree. Um, but yeah, you know, one of the young defense, and I think Nils Lundqvist, maybe, um, maybe Zach Jones. I like Jones. I don't, I don't want to trade him, but again, you know, you've only got six defenseman spots on any given yeah. night. Like, what are you going to do with all these guys? I mean, I, Fox is pretty locked into one of them, too, so make it five. I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got a future, that Adam Fox. Yeah, but, it might uh, be all right. Yeah, he might be I, all right. I think but, so. Um, Wait, well, while we're on defensemen, though, Ross mentioned a, a prospect he liked. I want to mention a guy I liked and both of us liked in this draft. How about Keandre Miller? I mean, that's oh, a guy stud. when the Sens, they had a chance to get him, but they, they were – 
They were, yeah, they ended up, that was Lassie Thompson. No, correct? they got JBD Jake, in that one. Jacob Bernard Docker. So we're Recent happy with guest that, on but, Locked On Senators. Yeah, but nice. Keandre Miller, that's a guy we targeted and we thought, wow, this guy plays Sens type hockey. We want to see him on our team. The Rangers get him instead. What can you tell us about him so far in his young career? Yeah, I mean, he is another one of those guys. It goes back to what I was just talking about a second ago where, you know, the Rangers, especially a defenseman, but really throughout the lineup, um, a lot of trial by fire. A lot of guys right. just kind of thrown out there into the NHL. You know, are they ready? Or maybe they're not ready. Whatever. We're going to find out kind of thing. And he hit the ground running last season as a rookie. It was a total surprise that he made the roster out of training camp. I believe he was only 19 or 20 at the time. And, um, you know, I knew he was for real. There was a game early against the Penguins last season where Sidney Crosby had the puck behind the Ranger net. And, you know, he's trying to shake Miller off of him. He's going this way. He's going that way. And Miller just stays with him the whole time. And then finally knocks him off the puck, takes the puck away and skates away with it. And I was like, all right, this, this kid's for real. Yeah, um, but no, he, that's he's impressive. Been, yeah, he, he's been great. He's got a heck of a shot that I kind of wish he would use a little bit more. And he's got some offense to his game as well. Um, you know, he'll play on the second power play unit. Uh, Fox has the top power play unit locked up. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him so far. Um, I don't think they would trade him. But again, if you want to get something, somebody significant, then it's possible that he could be on a list. You know, I'm sure teams would, would uh, like to have him. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be uh, pushing to trade him uh, anytime soon. Let's sure. say one of those big guys comes available up front, a Tomash Hurdle or a guy of that stature. And they said Miller or Schneider, one of the two. Who's got to go? Well, I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I think I would keep Schneider, which yeah. probably sounds bold considering he's only played a dozen games. But, I mean, I look at this guy play. He's got no holes in this game. Um, I wouldn't really want to trade either one of them. I mean, you know, hurdles would probably just be a rental. And, you know, I don't know. Are, are the Rangers really ready to, to go fully all in? Like, Man, you got Igor. With, with that guy in Igor, he's but unbelievable. Igor, Igor's not going anywhere either. It's a tough call, man. I mean, I, I'd be very interested to see what the trade package be. Um, Schneider you know, being a right shot helps too, right? Cause then you've definitely. got him and Adam Fox on the right side. And that's a, an area that a lot of teams struggle to fill out the right side of the decor. And you got in spades with those two guys starting out. Absolutely. And uh, figure out, well, we'll keep this thing rolling in just a second guys. But first we've got to tell everybody about betonline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds Totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, a question I had for you guys, you know, obviously the trade deadline is about a month away, a little bit more than a month, I think. No, almost a month to the day, actually. But yeah. uh, what, are, what are the senators going to do? Like, are they, are they, I mean, I can't imagine they'd be buyers. Is there anybody like on an expiring contract that they might look to move for a draft pick, prospect, whatever it might be? Well, I mean, should we do this New York style to tell them about what, whose stocks are up and whose stocks are down? Yeah, I mean, style. I think so. Yeah, yeah, Wall Street style. No, there's a few guys. Pillsy, you lead the, lead us off on this one. But I think there's a couple of guys who fans would love to move and then a few guys that might make more sense for other teams to want to get. Yeah, John, this was supposed to be year one of the Senators' uh, patented years of unparalleled success. Hasn't exactly gone that way, but... 
this is going to be the last year I can say quite confidently that the Senators will be labeled as sellers because going on, they have some expiring deals, a bunch of UFAs, guys they kind of picked up with the idea that, hey, you're not a part of our long-term plans. We'll see where we are at the deadline and we'll move you or keep you depending on where we are in the standing. I'm talking Zach Sanfords. There's a couple guys on defense. Well, Nick Holden was one of those guys, but they love what they saw from him and extended him. So I think you're going to see a lot of small selling deals. Anton Forsberg is a guy who's at a great price tag that if a team is looking for a second goalie or even a third goalie just for some insurance heading into the playoffs, you would really look at him for sure yeah Colorado I think for sure with even hey even a team like the Rangers right you never know to have Forsberg behind Shesterkin and Gorgiev that's a nice insurance for sure so I think really the Senators they're going to be doing some minor moves just moving out contracts at the deadline but this summer at the draft I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big move just like they did 2020 when they acquired Matt Murray uh, at the draft I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that yeah but hopefully something a little more long-term and more upfront. I mean, long-term, yeah, they extended Matt Murray by four years. He was 25 years old. So maybe that is more of a comparison than I'm leading on, but they need to get a forward. They need yep. one so they bad. They need a sniper. They need someone. Cause right now, like they figured out their top line and they're all young guys. They've got Norris, Kachuk and Batherson, all 23 or younger on their top unit. And then that still leaves Stutzla. And I don't know, I'm sure you noticed Alex Formanton out there mixing it up a few times with Ryan Lindgren. He's like a good tweener, but right now he's playing the top six. To me, he's a great third-line guy. Connor Brown, great. He's a top seven forward, we say. Not quite a top six, but if he's on your third line, you're probably competing. So I think teams are calling about Connor Brown. I think teams are calling on Nick Paul, another versatile forward who can play any offensive position, can kill penalties with the best of them. And I think teams are calling on Artem Zub, who has one year left. He's a right-shot defenseman. But I think the Sens would be dumb to trade any of those three guys I just mentioned. I think... I uh, just to echo Pillsy, I think the guys who should be available for the Senators are Tyler Ennis, right winger, got some offense to him for sure. 32 years old, I wouldn't mind re signing him. He's great vibe. I would in the keep room. him around. Everyone yeah. has a lot of fun. All the mic'd up segments, they call him the best ever do it, which is hilarious, a little ironic, but hilarious. Um, yeah. and then yeah, Zach Sanford, we already mentioned, a Stanley Cup champion with the St. Louis Blues. Is anyone going to take a sniff at former Ranger Michael Delzato, who's been buried in the minors? This guy is putting up monster AHL stats, so maybe we can sell on that. I think he's got 20 points in 18 games or something like that down there. But again, his foot speed, not really at the NHL level anymore, and he signed for next year too. So that would be a tough one for them to eat. But who else, Pilsy? Like, not, not a whole lot of guys. Chris Tierney's on an expiring contract, but these are guys you're going to get like, third, fourth, fifth round picks for. They don't really have those pieces. They've been trading them out. The last one like that really was Pajot. You got a first and second from him to the Islanders. And other than that, like they've already gutted this thing down to the core. Now it's time to build it back up. All right, once again, a big, big thanks to Ross Levitin and Brandon Piller of Locked On Ottawa Senators for teaming up for what turned out to be a two-part crossover episode. Like I said, we will have part two in tomorrow's episode. Uh, before we go today, though, I did just want to take a second to acknowledge the passing of Emil the Cat Francis. He was a goalie for the New York Rangers uh, for a handful of games, but he really made his mark as a coach of the team in the 70s and uh, was also the general manager as well and basically took the Rangers from... Uh, 
you know, the seller of the NHL into a bona fide contender. They made it to the semifinals or farther in uh, four consecutive seasons. They got to the finals under Francis in 1971-1972. And we're definitely going to be talking about him more uh, in a future episode. And in fact, I'm trying to line up a guest that really knows a lot about him. Actually wrote a book on the... Uh, New York Ranger teams from that era, so uh, hopefully I can make that happen and we can pay him his proper respect. But I wanted to at least mention him today, and like I said, we're going to have a, an episode where we talk about him proper and uh, just the impact that he had on this New York Ranger team. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.